Hi, this is Pastor Chris, and I want to thank you so much for joining us for our live stream service today. Now, as much as we are honored that you would join us and receive what the word has for you today, I want to make sure that you know that this word, this message, if you're not a part of New Life, should be just supplemental and in no way take place of your belonging to a local fellowship and be listening to your local pastor. I'm honored that you would join us today and and come back anytime and listen to what the word has for you. But please make sure that this is just supplemental to what your belonging to a local body is supposed to be. Thank you so much for joining us. Let's get in the word. Good morning. How are y'all doing this morning? Good, good, good. Terrence is awake. Terrence, it's just you and me this morning. Brother, good morning. Let's try again. Good morning. How are y'all doing this morning? Okay, a few more people are awake. Hey, let's get a few announcements out of the way. Let's bring up Lane and Chelsea this morning. Y'all give them a hand clap. Pastor Lane, Miss Chelsea. Got our mics. They got some announcements. Get some stuff out of the way. Just a little bit of housekeeping. Does look good though, right? Mm, he that finds a wife finds a Hello. good thing. See y'all are trained. Morning. But well, I'm excited to start our 101 class, New Life 101. Formerly used yeah, to yeah, be yeah. called uh, Pastors Class, but we're calling it 101. And this is opportunity for you to be a, a member of this church if you want to be. But you can come and 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 uh participate whether you want to or not so you know at least what is required of us as Christian believers in a member of a church. And uh, we're going to start it on August the 13th and it'll start at 4 o'clock on a Sunday afternoon. What did I say, August? Okay, I'm back. Back to the future. Uh, September the 13th at 4 o'clock from 4 to 5.30. And the reason it's hour and a half is we do two lessons in that time. We, there's going to be nine lessons. We do two so we can get through it. Otherwise, it'd run out two months. So the subjects will be the authority of the word, the lordship of Jesus Christ, righteousness and repentance, and this is something, uh, this spirit, soul, and body, which a lot of people don't know the difference. And we're going to study that. Water baptism and laying on of hands. Holy Spirit, faith, divine healing, and divine health, and prosperity. And all you need to do is bring a pen and some paper and your Bible. And we're going to have a sign-up sheet out there in the foyer. You need to print your name, your address, and your phone number so you will have a, so we get these books ahead of time so you can do homework before, do two lessons before that Sunday, and then we'll go over that lesson ahead of time. And see you then. <laughs> well, good morning. It's good to see your faces. My Lord, it's been too long. Okay, I'm here because we have a nursery. It's zero to three, 
And we need ladies to work back there. We need two ladies every week, every week now, and because we have a zero to one nursery and we have a two to three nursery, so that we can separate them, especially during this weird, weird time we're living in. Um, we need backup for ladies that call in sick or whatever. So I need a bunch of y'all. I need a bunch of ladies that are willing to work back there and hold babies and love on them. That's all you got to do. Yeah, so if, if we can get a lot of ladies to sign up, we're going to have a training day for you. We're going to do a background check. That's what we are required to do. And um, you will have to work once a month. That's it. So come see me if you're willing to work in the nursery with our sweet, sweet babies. Yes. A few more out of the way. I've said this before, and, you know, if you've noticed, we haven't been doing huge, huge plans out for two months because nobody, you, you don't know what's going to happen what's going on. And as much as I am your pastors, you know who else the pastors I am? These people that serve up here on the stage. Those people that serve back there in that sound booth. Um, when you get to pull up to Parkland Church, man, it's all set up. Did you know they started about an hour and a half earlier and that out in the blistering hot heat, sweating their ears off, right? Um, so, so I just want to let you know, we are going to be switching again. We're just going to be inside right now because I want to honor all the people serving. It's been wearing them out. We've actually broke some of our equipment from moving it and unplugging and stuff like that. So we're just going to be inside. Uh, we are going to be still live streaming like that, but we're just going to be inside for right now, okay? Thank you so much for following us there. Um, and two other things. Our amazing children's church leaders have prepared another lesson for your kids this morning. Um, they'll be handing it out at the end of service, correct? Boom, we're waiting for you. And last but not least, if you haven't seen it, at the end of the month, the last Sunday, the 30th, please, we're doing a worship night downtown at the square. Um, and I'll let you know, you're not going to see it under New Life Fellowship, right? And there's a reason behind it. It's because sometimes people see that it's under a certain church, they ain't going to go. This is not New Life Fellowship. This is Pastor Chris inviting a bunch of people that want to go worship downtown and pray and just go and seek God. The answer right now to the world is Jesus. There's no halfway around it, right? So we're going to go. And uh, so come out, bring some lawn chairs if you want to. We're going to worship, and it's going to be amazing. Who is ready for the word this morning? Hey! Get your Bibles. Get your Bibles. We're going to a book that some of you probably haven't been to in a while, 2 Kings. It's Old Testament. I'm going to give you some time to turn there. 2 Kings. I'm going to tell on myself this morning. 2 Kings chapter 5, and then we're going to go. Has there ever been anything in your life you were ashamed of? Even if it wasn't big, but to you, it could have been, right? I'm going to tell you what mine was. You ready? My particular skin pigment has a thing called freckles and moles. Some of you might not know about this. Some of you do. And one thing about me is I've got freckles and moles. Now, some of you are going, what in the world are we talking about this morning? Follow me. 
Well, when I started dating that beautiful girl on the front row, I came to Alabama, for, I mean, came to Texas for a visit. And she's like, hey, let's go to my aunt's pool. Awesome. That means I've got to take my shirt off. That means you're going to see the freckles on my back. So I'm sitting there, and she thinks something's wrong with me because I'm doing this the whole time. I'm walking. I won't let her see my back. I'm swimming only the direction she's not, right? She's walking, and I'm walking sideways. Have you ever had anything you were nervous about, right? Don't point. But anybody in here, you got stanky feet. Not stinky feet. Stanky feet. Nope. I got stinky feet. This happens. Sure don't help when I'm wearing dress shoes and no socks on, but listen, don't come to my closet later on today. I was nervous about it. So I'd wear like two pairs of socks around Chelsea because I didn't want her smelling my feet. I said, man, I'm going to ruin this thing quick before I can lock it down. Have you ever had anything in your life that you've hidden? What about more serious things? Was your household broken and no one knew it and you had to save face in front of everybody? You want to come over to my house? No. What, did you ever grow up real, real, real poor and you didn't want people to come over because you didn't want them to know, right? Anybody in here, you ever had roaches before and everybody talks about, right? And you didn't want to bring people over because you didn't just have roaches, that you slept with roaches. They were chilling, they had their own little pillow. Did you ever have anything you were... Afraid of, ashamed of. Did you ever have an issue or a, a problem and you spent all your time hiding? Did you ever have those issues, that problem? See, for me, my first vehicle was this Saturn thing. I don't know what it was, but it was a Saturn thing. It was a stick shift that would not go to first gear or fifth gear. Going uphill was fun. If you sat in the back seat, the back seat would open up and you would roll into the trunk. We would do that to fun. Yeah, you sit in the back this time. Why? Let me out. Fun. But one thing about this thing, we started it up, it sounded like there was 15 cats in the engine trying to make their way out, and it would smoke. I went to a private school where everybody had all these nice cars, and I'm sitting there, ah! <laughs> I would wait till everybody left the parking lot. What are you waiting for, Chris? And, no, we didn't have cell phones these days. We could just be sitting. You just sat there. And they wanted to know, why are you just sitting there? Oh, I'm, I'm sore. I'm, I don't want to drive yet. It's a stick shift. You know, my thighs are sore. No, I just didn't want them thinking I was killing cats behind the school. Have you ever had anything? to hide. 2 Kings chapter 5. We got a lot we're going to read this morning. Stay with me. 2 Kings chapter 5 verse 1. Now Naaman. Everybody say Naaman. Naaman. Now Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Syria. Ooh, so we're not just talking about a peasant. He's a commander. He was great and he was an honorable man in the eyes of his master. Because by him the Lord had given victory to Syria. 
He was also a mighty man of valor. But, don't know about leprosy, it's a skin disease. Many times it would start as a spot that would go so much, arms would fall off. You were considered dead if you had leprosy. Now look at this, hold on. He had leprosy, but yet he was a commander of the army, so I can only make two deductions. Either he hid his leprosy very well under the army, under the armor he wore, or everybody around him was just cool with it. Either he hid it very well, like me, always wore a shirt, always made sure I was walking backwards so she didn't see my stuff on my back, or Everybody in Syria was split. Now, in Israel, you were, you were outside the city. You didn't get to stay. But he was the commander. So my question to you this morning as we even go deeper is the thing that's hiding in your life, does anyone know? Or is everybody around you cool with it? Is, it? is the issue you have... Are we getting this stuff out of the way so we can see? So is the issue that we have, is it that you're just really good at hiding it? Or is just everybody around you cool with it? Nathan, all of these great things, but finished. But a leper. Keep reading. Verse 2. And the Syrians had gone out on raids and had brought back a captive young girl from the land of Israel. She waited on Naaman's wife. Then she said to her mistress, If only my master were with the prophet who is in Samaria, for he would heal him of his leprosy. And Naaman went and told his master, saying, Thus and thus said the girl who is from the land of Israel. Stop. There's a few things I could grab about that. Stories about Naaman and his leprosy. Who told him about healing? A slave girl they just captured. If you're waiting to be used, when everything is going right in your life, some of you feel like circumstances in your life have stolen you and made you captive. And you're in a job you don't like, a situation you don't like, and everything doesn't wrong. Are you that slave girl? But my question to you is this. Are you going to be faithful for someone else's blessing in the middle of your storm? Are you going to wait until everything's freed and then, oh, hey, by the way, are you going to be a faithful in the midst of the hard stuff? That's another sermon in itself. Verse 5. Then the king of Syria said, Go now, and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So he departed and took with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten changes of clothing. Then he brought the letter to the king of Israel, which said, Now be advised, when this letter comes to you, that I have sent Naaman my servant to you, that you may heal him of his leprosy. Question, who did the young girl say to go see? Who did the king tell him to go see? Isn't it funny the world's always going to send you to professionals that they think have the correct answer, and there's nothing wrong with going to professionals. I'm not talking, listen, follow me here, I'm not talking about doctors and lawyers. You ever have somebody says, oh, you need to go talk to so-and-so. They know what they're talking about. You ever listen to the world's advice and how bad it stinks? You ever had that one guy that wants to give every bit of information about marriage and he's been married 15 times? You ever have that guy that tells you this is how you quit smoking while he's smoking? 
You ever have that dad that says, this is your boy, you don't start drinking with a beer in his hand? The world has great advice, and sometimes that's all we know how to do. So she goes and send, so he sent to the king in verse 7, and it happened when the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes and said, am I God to kill and make alive that the man sends a man to me to heal him of leprosy? He wasn't the one supposed to be sent to get healed of leprosy. Amen. Thank you. Kids are in there praising louder than y'all are. Therefore, please consider and see how he seeks a quarrel with me. The king of Israel thought Syrian king was wanting to fight him. He said, wait, hold on. You're sending a leper to me? You're sending a dead man to me for me to heal and I can't heal him? Anybody ever come to you and says, I need your help, and you didn't know what to tell him? Anybody ever come up and say, hey, I need your help? And in the back of your mind going, oh my gosh, I have no clue what to tell you. Yeah. Start Googling answers while you're trying to talk to them. Yeah, for sure. This is the answer right here. Do you, have you ever had an issue that was bigger than you of what to deal with and what to heal? Have you ever woke up and your marriage was in worse condition than you know how to fix? Have you ever woke up and your kids were worse off than you could have imagined? Have you ever sat there in the past time you ever dealt with, turned into addiction, you couldn't hide, and now you don't know how to get out of it? Have you ever got so comfortable thinking, I'm not dealing with sins everybody knows, that it's now the omission sins that I'm in love with, and I can't tell you the last time I prayed for someone, I can't tell you the last time I witnessed to somebody. See, it's easy for us to talk about sins in church that look sad to the world. What about those sins of omission when we're not praying, we're not discipling, we're not teaching? We're not reaching the world for the gospel. What about those ones that it's easy for us to look at somebody that comes in with leprosy of sin, but what happens when they come in with leprosy of religiousness? They're just dead walking. Hate, unforgiveness, bitterness. Yet we see here. And we, and we see in verse 8, so it was when Elisha, the man of God, heard the king of Israel had torn his clothes that he sent to the king saying, why have you torn your clothes? Please let him come to me and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. Stop. Follow me here. Elisha knew what was going on and knew the king didn't have the answers, Right? Oh, your realm and sphere of authority that you have in the kingdom, your job is to not just simply be, but to look for issues to where you can find the kingdom made famous and Jesus made famous. Look, you have issues. You are an answer bringer in the kingdom. Your job is to not just hope and pray to your loving salvation until Jesus comes back. Your job is to be the very encyclopedia of the Holy Spirit that brings answers so when people are lost, depressed, Hurting, destroyed, addicted. You need to have your ear to the world so that you can be there to speak the gospel when they need an answer. Don't come to me and say, oh, everybody around me is broken. You need to go, man, I got a job to do. Some of you are leaders in your industry. Some of you are in medical fields. Some of you are teachers. God bless our teachers in this day. Some of you are stay-at-home moms. Some of you, and I'm telling you this, don't be shocked when the world shakes around you because here's the truth. The Holy Spirit will come out and be able to give answers to those that are shaking. Elisha had the answer. He said, send him to me. Verse 9. 
Then Naaman went with his horses and chariot, and he stood at the door of Elisha's house. Stop. I want you to imagine. Follow me here real quick. You have leprosy, okay? You want to be healed. And you brought all of your talents. God, you go to his door. How do you expect to be welcomed at the door? So rips open the door, hugs him and loves him. Come here, my son. Whisks him away. Not what happens. You ever go to church and all of a sudden, you oh, I went to church, but nobody talked to me in the church. Nobody rolled out the red carpet for me at the church. I didn't get a new coffee mug at the church. Jesus is going to laugh at half the stuff we think is successful and making people join a church. And we're going to say, Jesus, I would serve you, but I didn't get the free t-shirt my third visit. What happens when the answer is not what you think and the red carpet is not as pretty as you think? What happens when you didn't get the 15th call and all of a sudden it's just the fact you know you need an answer and I don't care what it looks like or how it sounds. I need what the man has on the other side of that door. But Naaman shows up. Isn't it funny how we always bring our talents thinking they're going to earn something? Businessmen will come in. You know, I'm a so-and-so-and-so-and-so. Heard you got an elder position open. Heard you needed some deacons. No, we need some people to clean the toilet. I'm a businessman. In the world, we think the better businessman you are and the more money you have, the more clout you should have to help running the church. Naaman brought all of his talents. But what's funny is his talents weren't good enough beforehand to bring him healing. Why did he think his talents were good enough to buy the gift of God to bring the healing? We, we don't need to just, oof, boy. There's a reason the Bible says don't just position the good seats for the rich people in the front and make the poor people sit in the back. We don't need to just love people when they come to the church based on the car they drove in, based on what clothes they're wearing, and based on what level of sin we could think we can handle. He comes, and here we go, right? And Naaman's expecting the grand opening. The doors are going to open, and doves are going to fly out. And he's going to have Holy Spirit oil dripping off his arms, and he's going to be floating 15 feet above the ground. That's what I imagine. Ready? And Elisha sent a messenger to him. I don't want him to pray for me. I want the pastor to pray for me. I'm going to get out of the prayer line and move over because the pastor's praying over here. And I know his prayers are better. What happens if we grab the children's church and line them up in the front and say, the same Holy Spirit that worked in Jesus is the same Holy Spirit that is working in these children. What if we don't just wait for the pastor who has the gift of praying? What if we begin to look for the people that have the gift of healing in their life and bring them up to the front? What if we have the people that have the gift of interpretation to begin to interpret? What if we begin to use the body for the body not to just make a pastor look pretty? You have a gift in the house that needs to be used. What happens when you need healing and the messenger comes to the door, not the man of God? 
verse. Hallelujah. Y'all, stop. Serious. Let me preach. Elisha sent a message to him saying, Go and walk in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored to you, and you shall be clean. Is that why he came? To be clean? That's the answer he sought, right? Verse 11. But Naaman became furious. I've met some Naamans. I've, I've been a Naaman. Became furious and went away and said, Indeed, I said to myself, He will surely come out to me and stand and call upon the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over the place and heal my leprosy. Right? Are not Abana and the Parpar, the rivers of the Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? I could go to any church in any big city, and he sends me to a cow pasture in Seguin. I was a deacon at my last church. I shouldn't be able to have to, I should have a special seat in the house. Uh, that's what happens. We, being, we bring our talents thinking God's going to be impressed by them. We bring our riches thinking God's going to say, oh, you got some stuff. We're going to bring everything that we have and thinking. And then here's the thing. We not only want to bring our stuff to look good, we want to be treated more than just, mm. do we, do, is, is, the, is the freedom you really want or is it the clout that comes with the freedom that you want? Is it the freedom you really want? Mm. Mm. Can we go here, please? Some people, I feel like we want to see miracles in the city. And maybe the reason why it's not happening is because the moment it would happen, we would go to Facebook and live it and be so impressed with ourselves because we got this many likes, this many shares. And it wouldn't God get the glory. It would be us getting the glory because we got our 15 seconds of fame of what God did in my life. And we'd write a book, oh, how God met me in Walmart. And then we'd do a book series of how God met me in Walmart. And then all of a sudden, we'd sell pamphlets of how God meets you in Walmart. And then we'd sell pieces of fabric to have Walmart put on them. And we'd send them out and sell them for $15. I thought you would open up and wave your hand and call the fire down. What happens when the servant answers the door? What happens when you showed up to a church you got invited to and there's a 30-year-old pastor standing on the stage with no hair, wet behind the ears, Don't make me get my daughter Presley up here. She'll start preaching too. Y'all ain't ready for the gifts that are in my children. Hey! Keep going. Mm. Hallelujah. Verse 13. And his servants came near and spoke to him and said, My father, <laughs> if the prophet had told you to do something great, would you have done it? How much more when he says to you, wash and be clean? Who told him this? Are his servants on his same level? So you're telling me life-saving, leprosy-healing wisdom came from someone that had no right to speak into his life? One of the biggest marks of leadership I learned from this lady in the front is not people that have the skills to speak in your life, but what happens when people 
have the skills to speak in your life that aren't trained like you, don't know what you know, don't have the money you have, don't have the clothes you have? What happens when the wisdom in your life comes from a child? What happens when the Holy Spirit speaks through someone that you would never dream, never imagine? Are you willing to hear from God no matter what the package looks like? You can say amen! It's hard when you need an answer and God lets a servant speak to you. It's hard when you need an answer, but it doesn't look how you dreamed, sound how you dreamed. It was supposed to be this amazing thing. I thought being freed from the addiction of pornography in my life was going to come from a moment of Jesus coming down and all of a sudden the skies ripping open saying, let me take it from you, my son. Actually happened with a conversation with my wife and my dad. Wasn't extravagant, magical, just Jesus. And I'm going to tell you this we have sold this so strong and so big that we think that the theatrics bring it when the truth is, is this we serve a Jesus that used mud to heal a blind man. And what was, what was it? Holy water that came and watered that mud? What was it? Spit. Spit. You won't know if you want to be miracled or not whether there's spit in the mud. You can tell that man was blind. Yeah, I want healing. What, who was that? Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Wait, 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 wait. Who spit? Where did you spit? All of a sudden, you feel someone wipe on your eyes. Y'all see the Bible the way I see the Bible. You want to be healed? Whoa! Nope, mm -mm, I'm good. Nope, mm -mm, no. What happens when it doesn't happen how you dreamed it would be? Now y'all can't see it any other way. You're welcome. You're welcome. Let's keep going. I love y'all so much. You let me be myself. I'm not trying to be anything other than myself. I appreciate you for letting me be myself. This is fun. Um, so the servants come and say, how much more than when he says, wash and be clean? What happens is this. Andre, we get to a place where we need our life fixed. We need our marriage fixed. We need illness is sick, fixed. We need our problems. And what we do is we say, I know Jesus can do it but I want to make sure it comes out through a vessel that I expect it to come through. What happens if the healing in my marriage comes from wisdom from my child? Verse 14. So he went down and dipped seven times in the Jordan. In that nasty water. He went down to the Guadalupe and dipped seven times. Now y'all see what I'm talking about. He's like, you couldn't send me to the Bahamas where I could see what's in the water. You're going to say, I don't know what's floating in this water. Do you want to be healed? I swear Jesus visited Seguin. Elisha, Jesus, they knew what they were talking about. They knew. Listen, so we went down and dipped seven times. How many times? I would love to have seen how he dipped the first time. You didn't go all the way down. I'm in the Jordan. 
Ooh. Do it again. Then she started breaking. Baby can be healed. And I bet at the moment he was dipping, he thought of all the times he hid his leprosy under his armor, and when he took it off, parts of himself would come off with the armor. <laughs> what he found his value in and his identity in and his servicehood when he would take it off at night, part of who he thought he was and his brokenness would come off and he knew, I can't hide this much longer. It's getting bigger. I can't hide this much longer. The leprosy's getting worse. I can't hide this much longer. And he dips the third time saying, maybe... It's real, so he dips the fourth time. Maybe! He dips the fifth time. No, I've got to quit. I'm going to look like a fool if it doesn't work. I brought all my talents, and now I'm in the Jordan. He didn't even lay his hands on me, and I'm in the Jordan. Dips five. Dips six. Dips seven. So he went down and dipped seven times in the Jordan according to the saying of the man of God. And his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child and he was clean. Some of you say, Jesus, if you could just barely get me there. He says, I never saved you to just make you a mutt in the house. I created you and saved you by my blood to you to be a son and daughter of the house. We have an illegal relationship with adoption that's not gospel and not Holy Spirit. We still think it's dog adoption, not son adoption. Oh, you adopted me. I'm not in the streets anymore, but now I'm in the backyard and I got a little bowl and I got a little dish. And that's what we think adoption. But when you got adopted into the family of God, you were given a room, you were given a bed, you were given new skin, you were given a house, you were given a name, you were given a relationship, you were given a new bloodline, you were given everything that's new. But yet, when we go, we feel like we're a mutt in the house because we got to work our way in. Oh, if I just eat from the scraps, at least I have a house and we have this illegal relationship with adoption that's not kingdom. If all you do is stop at the cross, you missed it because you don't know what the cross accomplished. It wasn't just so you could be saved and wait here until you get to go back. It's so that you could be a son and daughter of God as earth on earth as it is in heaven. Who's called to bring on earth as it is in heaven? We are. We are. He chose any vessel and He chose us. On earth is in His heaven. It's beautiful. Until you grow up and wake up, you're the one that brings it. You're the one that the vessel does on earth as it is in heaven. Your job's not to just come and sit like artifacts in a sanctuary and collect dust until you make it. Your job is to go to your sphere of influence and carry the kingdom. You know what that means? If you work in industry, your job is to carry kingdom to your industry. If you're, if you're in the medical field, your job is to take kingdom to the medical field. If you're a teacher, your job is to take kingdom to the teacher field. Can we go deeper? 
My skin color is not just a happenstance. It's a direction of my calling that I have a right and authority to speak to people of my melanin tone. Terrence has a right and authority to speak to people in his melanin tone. Manny has a right and authority. It's not just so we can be a church that's multicultural. It's so that we can sit there, red, blue, purple, black, and white. Our job is to not just say, where is the culture of my culture in the kingdom? But how can I bring kingdom to my culture and bring kingdom to my nationality and kingdom to my people how can I bring kingdom that it's not just we could be a church it's multicultural so people want to come it's because people need Jesus and you are the one who's going to bring the kingdom Manny there's people you can speak to I can't speak to you're called to speak it you are Sonny in here There's people you're called to speak to, I can't speak to. There's people you're called to speak to, I can't speak to. There's people called to, uh, military needs Jesus. It doesn't always have to just be a pastor, but what happens when a once and always military man goes and speaks and tells men, you know what, those medals across your chest are beautiful. I'm going to tell you about Jesus that will fix the heart that's underneath them. Students, athletes, your job is to carry kingdom wherever you are. Your job is to carry kingdom in your field. Your job is to carry kingdom to the broken people. Your job is to carry kingdom into the technological field, to the labor field. Every house you go to to pressure wash anything is a divine appointment for you to bring gospel kingdom to that house. That that worked perfect. You see that? That was beautiful. I'm going to act like I did that on purpose. Haman said, then if not, hmm, hold on, I missed it, go back. Fresh skin. What's beautiful about that? Baby skin. Go to yours. What about a brand new marriage? What about brand new purity? What about brand new joy? What about brand new life? What about a brand new imagination? What about brand new language? My job is to not just paint the old side. I am a new creation. That means I'm different. Some of you sit there, but could Jesus save someone like me? Ooh, are you ready for this? This is a fun little little Bible thing for you. Ready? Mm, This is going to be fun. But Chris, I haven't seen anyone in my sphere of what I struggle with be free. No, Naaman was the only person that Elisha healed from leprosy. No Israelites were freed from leprosy, but Naaman was a Syrian, and he was. Jesus speaks it when he's, and he's talking in the temple, and he says, behold, this day has happened. And he talks about Elijah, and he talks about Elisha, and he says Naaman was the only man Elisha freed from leprosy. I don't care if no one around you has been freed. Someone else's freedom doesn't mean that I, I, I can only be free if they're freed. There is freedom in the house because of Jesus Christ, and you can be free. Let's keep reading. Verse 15. And he returned to the man of God. Ooh, I, I would love to see how he knocked on that door. He returned to the man of God 
and all his aides and came and stood before him and said, Indeed, now I know there is no God in all the earth except in Israel. Now, therefore, please take a gift from your servant. Still had to get his mindset. And he said, As the Lord lives before whom I stand, I will receive nothing. And he urged him to take it, but he refused. None of your good works can earn or keep you safe. They're simply a fruit out of a relationship with Jesus. The Bible says this, by grace and faith alone. A faith alone in Jesus, not by works that any man should boast. What happens is we think that we're going to be super saved if we're this way, or God couldn't save us this. But I look at a man that had no right according to our terms and had everything he thought that was right, and he still was trying to pay it. And he's like, listen, son, this freedom was not going to be bought by your talents. Verse 17. Then if not, please let your servant be given two mule loads of earth, for your servant will no longer offer burnt offerings or sacrifice to other gods but the Lord. You get free, I want to know what altars you return to. Because you're going to have an opportunity to go back to the altar of your job and make job still God. And I'm telling you this, you were not freed just so that you can work more efficient to make more money that will burn away one day. Because when you go home, you got to go back to the altars that you formed to pray to gods that you prayed to. Be that your imagination, be that your drug addiction, be that the smoke, be that the alcohol, be that the religiousness, be all your good deeds, be whatever it is, be your job, be your work, be whatever it is. You got to go home and choose not to worship the idols that you walked away from when you came to be free. Idols do we have in our life that we need to kill? He said, yet in this thing, may the Lord pardon your servant when my master goes into the temple of Rimon to worship there, and he leans on my hand, and I bow down in the temple of Ryman. When I bow down in the temple of Ryman, may the Lord please pardon your servant in this thing. And he said, go in peace. So he departed from there a short distance. Some of you sit there and say, Pastor Chris, I'm surrounded by bad people. My life is rough. I need Jesus. And you get saved. But Brian, Monday comes around, and they still got to go back to work around those broken people at that broken job, around that broken thing. And I'm here to tell you that how you go back will be just as important on how well you dip. I can't take you out of your crazy job. I'm letting you know that the kingdom now that, that is within you when you have Jesus is the answer to the brokenness you're going to work around. Well, Pastor Chris, I think I, I know I got adopted by Jesus, but maybe, you know, if there's a place I can stay because my house is hell. Oh, now you have the answer to go and bring freedom to the very thing that you're going home to. If anybody ever told you when you go home, they're going to open the door like Naaman thought Elisha was going to open the door and mom and dad are like, hey, we're all better, come on in. It may not happen. But greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So my question to you this morning is this. What are you hiding? My question to you this morning is this, what are you hiding? What have you been putting under your armor that no one has seen?
What are you struggling with that no one knows you're fighting with? Addicted? Are you addicted to the sin of omission that I've got saved, I'm good enough? That's what we think about. This is what we talked about. We automatically go to the worst stuff, right? But what if the stuff that when you're saved, you're not following what you're supposed to be doing? Being the body. Lights down for me, Stratton. I'm not going to ask you to tell me what your leprosy is. But we're going to deal with some leprosy this morning. If you've got some hidden stuff that no one knows about, maybe those close to you do. They've been telling you to go see. (laughs) And you haven't listened. Been dealing with some stuff that no one sees. Judgment, unforgiveness, addictions, problems, worries, issues. Nobody been dealing with anything. Unforgiveness, hate. Nobody in the house. Dealing with some stuff that no one sees. Stuff that's really easy to hide. Else. Do I have any namings in the crowd? Another thing about leprosy is you get really tired of hiding. It wears you out. Like you get so tired of hiding because you're in constant fear. You hear about that man that was running for the police for 30 years? They stopped looking for him for a long time. He walked into the jail weeping and said, please throw me in jail. I haven't been able to sleep for 30 years. And they rested him and he laid in jail and said, thank you. Laid down and slept. Some of you have been running for God for so long. (laughs) You've been running from healing for so long. Anybody else? Anybody else? I'm going to tell you this. God's not like, oh, you stood up? Holy Spirit's the one that made you stand up in the first place. God's not surprised. He knows. Someone's standing. I just want you to reach your hand toward them. You don't have to lay your hands on them, but I just want you to reach your hand toward them. Hey. Father, I thank you right now. I thank you we don't have to dip seven times because my Savior died upon the cross and did everything that I needed to be freed. So I pray right now, Father, that you bring to light every issue they're struggling with. 
I thank you right now. What I want you to do is we're praying for you. I'm not going to give you the words to say. I want you to begin to pray right now. And you don't have to sound poetic at all. I want you to just begin to talk to God right now. Let's pray for them and just say, Father, I need you to take this from me. Father, I want you to begin to pray. Don't wait for me to pray for you. I want you to pray. Begin to pray right now. Lift up your voice and start to say, Father, I confess of this hidden leprosy I've been dealing with. I confess to this brokenness. I confess to this hurt. I confess, I confess to this religiousness. I confess to this um, pridefulness. I confess to my addictions, my problems. I need your help. See, it's not just sins. Sometimes it's things we need healed from. Sometimes it's broken marriages. Sometimes, so, so if that's you this morning, we're praying right now for your marriages. We're praying for your friendships. We're praying for your families. Yes. Pray for healing right now in the name of Jesus. The Bible says if you repent of your sins, He is just to forgive your sins. But now it's time for you to go home and burn your idols. We're going to switch. I want you to sit down. I want you to sit down right now. I want you to sit down. If yours is not necessarily one of those, but there's something going on in your life, you don't know what's going to happen, and there's maybe a prayer you're praying for, there's something going on in your family, something going on in your life, something going on in your marriage, something going on in one of your children, something going on that maybe not everybody knows, and you need God to fix it, and you don't know the answer, but you need God to fix it, I want you to stand up. You don't, know what it, you don't know how to do it, you don't know how to fix it, you don't know the answer, but you're like, God, I need you to do something. Maja, would you grab the mic for me, please? Maja, if you would, just I want you to just pray over them for the, that are struggling and just needing God to do some stuff that just doesn't seem possible for God to do. Father God, we call you the God of impossibilities. Father God, Satan is a master of making our mountains look so insurmountable. But God, you are the God of the universe. Lord, you see the end to the beginning. And Father, I thank you that the faith that it took for these people to stand is all the faith that it takes to tell that mountain, be moved and be out of my life in the name of Jesus. We speak grace to the mountains that these people are facing today. And Father, I thank you that the answer has already been accomplished in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you that they're going to see that you are for them, that you are with them. And Lord, I thank you that in their spirit, they're going to hear the ram bleeding in the thicket, Lord God, that the answer has already hey, come, come for on. them. They'll hear it, Father, before they even see it. And I thank you today that when they took that moment, when they took that step to stand up, that faith made them whole. That faith was the answer to their situation, whether it's physical, mental, financial, with family members, whatever it is, God, we declare the victory of the Lord this morning in the name of Jesus. We already sang about it. We declare that they will walk in victory from this day forth and forevermore. You said to Israel, you shall see this enemy no more again hey, and forever. Hey. And I declare over them, they shall see this enemy no more again and forever in the name of Jesus Christ 
our Lord, our Savior, our Redeemer, our Healer, our Baptizer. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. And I've got something for you. I want you to listen. Everybody that stood up, I want you to listen. Stand up. I want you to listen. Has anybody ever planted anything? Ever felt like nothing's happened? Watering it. It's in the sun. I'm doing everything right. Nothing's happening. How many times do you think Naaman was dipping one time, two times? Nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. Do not lose faith. Just because you're not seeing something that's happening on the inside that you just don't, don't, don't know and don't know. I'm telling you, have faith that God is still in control and that He's working on your behalf that the Holy Spirit can do a thousand times more what you could ever do with your wisdom and your understanding. Because the enemy wants you to quit. You know what? Forget it. I'm going to throw this raised garden out not knowing roots were being formed underground. I'm going to throw it out not knowing there was something happening and baby skin was on the way to your marriage. Baby skin was on the way to someone in your family. Baby skin was on the way to a life that you've been praying for. Hallelujah. Everybody stand with me this morning. Pastor, can yes, I say one more word? I wish you would. I think we sang a very key point to your victory this morning. And Andrea pressed, Andrea pressed in on it this morning when she said, I want you to say, I'm going to see a victory. And that's the power of what God has given us in our imagination that's been sanctified. See yourself already walking in that victory. Whatever you stood for this morning, go ahead and see yourself. If you, if you stood for a sickness this morning, something going on in your body, see yourself doing what you're going to be doing five years down the road on the back of that Harley or whatever it is. See yourself victorious. You're going to see the victory, not in the future, but you're going to see it now. And then you'll walk into it in the future. Amen. Y'all understand what I'm saying? See what you're believing for now. Come on, let's, let's right now, let's just finish with praise. We're going to sing this right now. Let's just let's sing this over our situations right now. Let's sing this and just that, that God would build up our faith. Come on, Andrea, let's sing this this morning. I'm going to see a victory, I'm going to see a victory, for the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm going to see a victory, I'm going to see a victory, for the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory, for the battle belongs to you, Lord. That we're going to see a victory in our situation, in our body, in our finance, in our problems, in our addictions, in our struggles, in our marriage, in our children, in our family, in our job, in our work in our lives, in our state, in our country, in this world, we are going to see victory because on earth as it is in heaven, and I thank you the answer to the world around us is the kingdom that is within us, and I thank you, Father. The world's not happening to us. The world is happening around us. While we make moves, we make kingdom moves. I thank you that your kingdom is stronger than the kingdom of the enemy. And we give you praise. So we'll have joy in the midst of it. 
And we give you all honor and all glory in the name of Jesus. Amen. We love you guys. We'll see you next week.